Hello and welcome to the very first and brand new show that will be spinning off of our main new show through Imperial Lies podcast. Welcome to Imperial Book Club. Aww. Oh, we're you like that it. new theme? You got the new we're theme actually doing it. It's kind of wholesome. Yeah. So welcome to our new show. This yep. is what we're going to be doing for um, our kind of idea is to do this every once a month. Uh, gives yeah, us time to discuss to and talk about books, but we want to talk about books, which is fun. Um, obviously, there are tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of Star Wars books. Um, but we're going to jump right in this first, very first episode with uh, the technically it's the third novel um, but the direct sequel to the very first book of the High Republic, we're going to be talking it's the today about the second adult novel. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Well, did uh, was Into the Dark? It's considered a junior novel. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I yep. didn't. I didn't. I didn't know that Into the Dark was YA. Well, cool. Then this is the second adult novel of the High Republic. We're talking today about Cabin Scott's The Rising Storm. Um, this came out uh, June twenty sixth, twenty eighth. End of June. Yeah. End uh, of June. Somewhere in the end um, of June. And it's been out so obviously for about a little bit, a little bit over a month now, or yeah, over a month now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so this review is a going to be filled with spoilers. That's right. Um, if you have not read the book and you do not want it spoiled, turn this off. Go read the book. Come turn back this later. off. We're sorry. We won't be talking about no spoilers. We'll give our general overview, but we're yeah. going to be talking about the details well, that will be let's happening. Let's give a little and, warning before we get into spoilers. So we'll do our general general thoughts and reaction, and yeah, then we'll, we'll go into beat by beat. And then we'll get into yeah, kind of, and we'll break it down. And we're we're not going chapter through chapter. We're going through what we felt are the important parts yeah. of this book, and just kind of giving our general discussion about how we feel about it all and what our thoughts and all that on so the clunky of it all if you will thank you for listening and uh let's get right into it so starting off um we'll just kind of talk about our overall impression mm-hmm. of the book and how we thought about it and how we felt about it um Braden, i'll start with you what was kind of your initial reaction to calvin scott's writing style compared to for example just even charles souls in uh, yeah. the light of the jedi and kind of these you know two sequels playing off of each other well first off this book is brutal absolutely this book hits you where it hurts and it keeps hitting you until you're down for the count because i think kevin scott is so good at i think he his strengths are very similar to charles soul when it comes to the writing style is very cinematic Mm -hmm. um at least i thought and i just i really like the pace and flow of his writing as well. It's I I like that the short chapters really keep the story in motion and you really feel like you're, you're really diving through this plot really quickly and things are happening back and forth. And it's for a little bit, it can feel like your, your head's getting kind of jumbled around. Overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with when we get into, um, this isn't really a spoiler territory, but when we get into we we meet a lot of these new characters and a lot of different names are introduced and you have a hard time kind of is this part of this person? Okay, this is this person, but they're okay. So that was a little bit of an issue I had. Um and a lot of the big kind of action set pieces that are written, I've had to I had to kind of glance over back over them a few times to kind of understand what was happening and the geography of everything. Yeah. Um but it wasn't too bad. Um and then no, no I, I agree with that statement. Kevin did a really good job yeah. at like keeping this set simplified while still giving you a visual for it. Yeah. And then by the time I finished this book, I was ready to cry. Um, yeah. I, we will not have spoilers, but we'll get into the ending here in just a bit. But I, I really 
I like the way we were brought into this mm-hmm. book. Um, and especially with, I, I love the op- kind of, it's kind of an opening crawl uh, section that they have in the beginning of these yeah, books. Yeah, a little prologue. And- yeah, I, I loved that. I thought it was written really well and it, it felt very, again, that makes, it makes this book feel so cinematic. Um, and then the prologue, which we, we read the preview of the prologue um, back when it was released, but Man, one of my favorite literary Star Wars moments with Elzar M- Man on the beach. Very spiritual. Yeah, was, meditating yeah. underwater. That was, it's it's so sick. Um, um, but other than that, kind of wrapping up my initial overall reaction, I just think if I'm comparing, if I have to say a preference between this or Light of the Jedi, I think I got to say this um, only because I'm already familiar with the characters at this point. I'm not kind of you know, confused to who is who. And I think the action and a lot of the big plot moments hit me a lot deeper and moved me a lot more than in Light of the Jedi. And, you know, we, you heard a Light of the Jedi review. It's, that is another book that really hits me in the heart. And I, I like the way that it was continued in this book. Yeah, so you hit most of the nails right on the head with just kind of we're very similar in, in kind of our general process over this. Um, I agree. I think I prefer this over Light of the Jedi. Yep. Um, I think my thing with Light of the Jedi was that um, I, we are introduced to so many characters right off the back. And I'm not saying that this ha- doesn't have its fair share of a lot of characters. There are a lot of characters in this um, that I, I at times struggled to keep up with. Uh, I don't know if we kept it in our recording, but we discussed a, a little while ago, kind of briefly talking about it. But I had said that everybody kind of has their main little posse. And at times it was hard to keep up who was who in each yeah. posse. But Kevin Scott does a really good job at juggling all of the main characters really consistently. Um, and he does a brilliant job at telling that story to where it's important to to keep you to keep each chapter on this perfect little cliffhanger you know you said cinematic and yeah each kind of leads right off to each other to where you end a chapter and you're like oh i can't wait to see what happens next and then you read the next chapter and it's through it's a different person but you're like oh like oh i'm not continuing that part yeah. of the story this book is slow, hard to put down it's hard slowly to slowly inching your way to you know not a lot of stuff happens in this book but all of the stuff that does happen they're very big and grand and kevin scott brilliantly is able to juggle so many different points of views and perspectives from yeah. that um into this so there's a lot um, of story in this story <laughs> there is a lot of story in this one um yeah i i think for me with light of the jedi i had a struggle with meeting a lot of these characters and having the issue of um you know juggling all of that and understanding everything and everyone and it, it's you know we think back to in light of the jedi to uh is it Jorah Mally? Was that Mally, Yeah. When Jorah Mally died, it's, you know, you're like, Oh no, like they died, but you're also like, I didn't really get to know them a whole bunch in this book. I don't really know who they are. Is that, I feel like you feel the effects of her death in books. Absolutely. And I'm, books. And I'm not yeah. negating that. What I'm more kind of saying is that in rising storm, there is a much deeper connection because you right. know, a lot of these characters now to even the minimal things that we will discuss, but I won't spoil, but you know, talk about just Elzar man alone, just kind of his journey in this book. It's very, uh, it's very impactful and, mm. uh, pressuring for a lot of this. So, 
Um, yeah, I agree. That's kind of my main thing is that there's a lot going on, but sometimes it is, it is really held together and is able to really kind of hold its own and how it's told and, um, very cinematic in the sense of how it is all told it. And it's, it really flows beautifully. And I almost wonder if that was kind of how they planned this, which leads me to Mm. believe that the next book, the fallen star, which will be written by Claudia gray will be like that as well. I'm so excited for that. Very cinematic and very, you know, big and grand and it's going to, it's going to be really cool. Now, would you say people reading this book, you think they would need any other higher public, higher public, um, reading experience other than uh, light of the jedi or do you think they can I was go just gonna say i was just gonna say light of the jedi that that's was what i'm thinking too one. now yep. there are references um yeah, to comic stuff comics sure. and the you know young adult novels and even the middle grade novels or books and just it's all very much connected to each other to where Obviously, these novels are kind of the main story, but there are so many different side stories being told that are referenced and talked about and and have their impact on the main story. You know, a lot of the comics deal with um, the stuff that this isn't necessarily a big spoiler, but an issue in the book with the Senate is that they don't like that the Jedi are working with the Huts to stop the Drengear. That is a plot in the comics. Mm. That is that is something that we follow Avar Chris and kind of her journey dealing with the dragon yeah. here. And I think this this book does a good job of if there is nods to other pieces of higher public material, it does a good job at kind of catching you up on that really quickly yeah, yeah, and then yeah. just moves forward. So it, it doesn't spend right on, a lot yeah. of time, you know, it doesn't just like glance past something and like, wait, was I supposed to know in, that? What yeah. the heck? You um, don't get that in this book, no. No, no, no. And I would say that if you did decide to read, you know, all of the other content in it, it's it's pretty much just like filler information for kind of making each and everyone's stories. Now, that being said, every story is really good on their own. I, mm-hmm. I've read kind of the first couple issues of uh, the both High Republic comic lines that are being ran, and they're very good and they're very good on their own. But at the end of the day, they don't have to do with the main characters. The stakes that are on play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that necessarily true. Uh, there are some high stakes that happen, but it's more there's there's specific people in the novels that are those main characters and they usually advance with whatever is happening in the stasis of the galaxy or just even the Jedi or the Republic or whatever. So yeah, um, I like to think that like these adult novel books are like the main storyline. Like, let's just say these are the, the, the star Wars Skywalker saga. These are the episodes. And then the other like little novels and comics, those are more like the the side TV shows and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, overall, uh, I, I gave it probably an eight, eight out of ten, eight point five out of ten. For sure, yeah, I, I would probably um, go. I I'd probably go eight to seven, eight seven, eight, eight seven. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it it hooked me on up. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time, and it was so funny because I finished finished it on my vacation in Florida. I it was actually really funny. I finished the book the second our plane landed. Oh, so you got off depressed. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I read the whole final, you know, however many chapters. That final on half. The, on the two-hour plane ride back, yeah. and we land, and it was that final moment, and I, like, we land, and everyone's, you know, whatever, like, the plane's landing, and I look at my girlfriend, and I'm like, I don't. I'm not well. I'm like, I don't know how to move forward from this now. I'm very, I'm like, my mouth is open. I was just like, uh, I'm very shocked and just yeah. bewildered by this. So, yeah, check it out, guys, if, if you um or wanting to read it highly 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 recommend and right. check out all the other high republic stuff they're just it's such a cool era that we're in that i think 
really is going to it is so uh, slept on too yeah i think a lot of people are really kind of missing out some really cool content with this and uh i think as we go along with the high republic and what happens in it i think it'll gain some more track yeah for sure i think especially once this final adult novel trilogy is out that'll really kind of skyrocket it and show off some stuff so um yeah so that's kind of our non-spoilery uh overall reaction to it uh if you don't want to have any spoilers we ask that you know you probably have to this is your warning we are about to spoil the book because we're gonna go through i guess not beat by beat but we're gonna talk about a lot of the important stuff and really get into the nitty-gritty of what's happening our predictions and what's going to be talked about um so if you don't want that spoiled Sorry, you gotta leave. We're getting um, down and dirty, guys. Read the book though, and come back and hear our thoughts and opinions. Trust me, because... you're gonna want to read this one. <laughs> yeah, Trust literally. me, you're gonna want to read this one. Um. So yeah, so we'll give them a little second. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thank, thank you for listening to our. On. Thank you for listening to our overall thoughts. We're just gonna give you a second here, a little intermission. Here you go. All right. And check uh, us out whenever we will probably release another one of these. Um, uh, next month or i bet you they've turned it off now but i'll still say it like (laughs) it's just like you know listen to our other news episodes um probably by the time of this release we'll still uh we're probably still finishing up bad batch but you know listen to our batch reports or just our our weekly news channel so um yeah let's do it all right let's hop in so all right you've been warned this is our spoiler review this is our spoiler breakdown we're going to talk about the nitty gritty and everything that's happened with this. So, all right. So the rising storm starts um, with revisiting Elzar man's uh, vision. He has at the end of the light the of the Jedi yeah. that, you know, yeah, the prologue kind of, and his impact on that and how it has affected him. And it's really kind of haunted him. It's really scared him. It's very similar to kind of Tony Stark's vision in age of Ultron and kind mm. of how that influenced him in the later movies is that, it's really haunted him that he's going to see all of his friends die and that he'll somewhat be responsible for it. Um, and that's what motivates him to go to uh, Vala, which is where the Republic Fair will be happening. And he's, you know, taken on the position of a sheriff for that, for that planet. Cause that's how kind of the Jedi outposts work is select amount of Jedi are on a planet and one of them's in charge, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, that's kind about- of, Sorry, really quick. Um, talk about the Republic Fair. Yeah. Uh, because it's kind, kind of, of in mentioned general. in the opening crawl right there, just so we get a little bit of a gist of what we're thinking about the Republic Fair. Right. Um, so when it's kind of ex- it first brought up, and this was a lot of the stuff with the advertising for this book too, was mm-hmm. the Republic Fair. And a lot of the chunk of this book takes place at the Republic Fair, but it is essentially been hyping up and being planned by uh chancellor lena so to be um you know i i listened to a podcast uh kind of talking about the higher public and they kind of discussed in it how it's like the world's fair pretty much it was yeah. it, it's this big great event to essentially bring all of the planets in spirit being, of unity it's being held on Vala, which is that mid rim or was that outer rim i believe it's mid rim Okay, yeah. And that was kind of the intention was to be able to have Outer Rim and Inner Rim come in and literally bring everybody together. Um, And it's kind of controversial 
because we're getting all these, you know, yeah. these Nile attacks and 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 we'll talk about that kind of with I have a, a piece in here about like the yeah. Senate meeting. That, mm, that's a great that, scene too, and that is a really good scene, and that's kind of where everything is the stasis of the Republic while they still set up those Republic fair. Yeah. Um, but I I, I want to talk about kind of um this this introduction of the story is starts with um you know a lot of these a lot of star wars stories usually start with the villain's point of view mm. what is the villain doing real quick um i'll rise of skywalker and <laughs> literally uh we're introduced in this and i think in a very creative way um where we meet uh a nile um I guess just foot soldier. They're called strikes um, in yeah. their ranks. But uh, Udi Dis, who is a uh, Ford sensitive um, to Lortai, which is like a bird species. And it's really interesting because for this like person in this species, it's like the force doesn't work the same that we're kind of normally used to. Um, this one specifically, it really gives Udi Dis like a lot of uh, intuition and it's made him an incredible pilot because of it. It's, mm -hmm. it's, he can just zip through asteroid fields like it's nothing because the force guides him to fly and flow. And he's it. kind of uh, he's a little bit gaslit there by uh, Mark and Ro. <laughs> yeah, literally. So, yeah, the first couple chapters, it's all they're going through. Um, the the planet is Golamarin Go and they they. It's like four or five chapters through the point of view of this foot soldier who, you know, is being taken through the under their ice caves through this planet. And he's going with our main bad guy, uh, Marky and Roe, who, you know, was the main villain of the last book. And, you know, he, he is um, not the leader of the Nile, but he is what he's the eye the, of the Nile, the eye of the Nile. He is he is kind of the center of it. And everyone kind of works around and with him and he's got his tempest runners and all that. Um, but this is this, this introduction is uh, a Marky and Rose um, individual mission. This is something that he's doing mm. on his own um, and you don't know what he's doing, but you know, kind of the book starts off introducing where everybody is and how they've been doing, but we're met with this Udi Dis and um I have it later on in the rundown of the specific things that happened, but in this set section, we understand that Markian has Loden Greatstorm's lightsaber, his yellow lightsaber. Mm -hmm. um, he uses it on this like ice monster that, you know, kind of, it men and blacks him where it eats him and then he cuts his way out. Yeah. Um, but the important thing of it all is that, like you said, he's so Udi is gaslit by Markian and essentially only uses Udi to prove to himself that the object that he is going for is as strong as it is on any kind of force person. Um, and this object was, you know, it's kind of held sacred to, uh, it's, it's like Marky and Rose home planet. It's like, he knows the people that are leading him through the caves and they all yep. think that he's doing some big profit thing. And it really isn't, he's doing it for his own gain, but it ends with this, this artifact called the great leveler. That's like two little pieces um, and it kills Udi Dis. It, it is whatever it is. It is so strong in the force and so strong to force sensitive people that it, it, it drops Udi Dis in the shrine room. And it where, is definitely alluded that 
Udi Dis is very, very force sensitive. Yeah, he's, no, they talk about it straight up how it's like it, he feels and senses and understands it, but he is not able to wield it as right. easily as a Jedi is able. Because he was not, I don't, he was not trained as a Jedi, so he right, right. couldn't really hone his power. Yeah, they're just naturally affluent in the force, and it's yeah. more of kind of that self intuition, but it, it now, still affects Udi to a full degree. What um, do you, what do you think about Udi Dis just as a character? I really liked uh, this this introduction. I thought it was very um, it, it's a really interesting way to kind of give you the questions and point of view without because I bet you if it was all through Marky and it was like he knew what it was. So it would be more difficult to write um, keeping that a secret rather than putting it in the point of view of someone who has no idea what's going on. Mm. Um, so, no, I really liked that. You know, whenever it would jump back to those chapters of them exploring more of the ice cave and going deeper into it. And it was like, why are we really here? And kind of he, him piecing together the answers through the conversation of, you know, that woman that takes him and, and Marky and himself. And eventually it, it answers that it was all a trick. But for what? And we don't get we don't we don't get the answer of that. What until the very end of the book? Um so that's, you know, that's kind of the the introduction. I really liked how it, it's this kind of divertness to it. And then when Udi Dis does die, I remember being like, you know, I kind of saw this coming, but I'm still kind of like upset about it. I'm upset that this character was wasted for only, you know, five or six chapters. Um, so, yeah. So moving on, um, we uh, we are introduced to, you know, and kind of catch up with uh, characters like Belzetifar and uh, Indira Stokes, who, if you know, you remember from the last book, uh, Bell was the Padawan to Loden Great Storm, who is quote unquote supposedly dead in this book. Yeah. Um, and Indira has taken him on as a Padawan, and he is ready to be a Jedi Knight. He's ready to be knighted and do the the trials, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want he to. He kind of shuts himself off from the Force a little bit. Cuts himself. Well, and you know, the, there's a line. Loden has says that uh, later on in the book before they meet Ty Yorick, and we'll talk about that scene too. Mm. Um, to where Loden's like, I don't know why you're following me, especially with this guy who's closed him off from the forest. And everyone's kind of like, what? And he's like, uh, 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 you know, kind of caught in the act that he's, he's obviously suppressing himself, but Bell goes through, he's been going through, but we see Bell very troubled in this book. Yeah. Um, Especially with, you know, him, his relationship with him, Indira is kind of interesting because on one hand he's like man I really I really miss Loden like I, I probably yeah. could not continue without Loden and he's just like uh, Indira's kind of cool too I guess well like he appreciates what she's doing but it's obviously there he's isn't like, uh, that bond that he's he like she's Loden. no Loden yeah. Yeah, yeah she's no Loden and, and Indira understands that and I think she's just trying to do what she feels is right to help Belle um but I think the person who actually does end up helping Belle um, a little bit is Stellan Gios, is kind of Stellan. Yeah. Uh, and Stellan you know, is, he kind of, this is my introduction to Stellan as a character because I, we didn't really see him in Light of the Jedi. No, at he's all. not in it that much. No. Yeah. No, he's much heavier of a character in this one. I, I would say for this book specifically, Stellan and Elzar are kind of the. Uh, 
the big and the main players. players. Yeah. Of, of this book. Um, what do you, what do you give, give me kind of your thoughts on Stellan just as a character. What do you think about him? So I, I think it's funny. He's kind of like this younger, uh, spry Obi-Wan. That's kind of yeah. how I take him. Um, they kind of give him a lot of, a lot of poking fun at him about, he loves teaching. He loves having, or he loves having the spotlight, but the, mm. but the truth of it is that he loves teaching. He loves sharing. Um, and I, I really found this appreciative to it. He is very uh, a genuine Jedi to where his focus is saving and helping and, and caring for people. Um, I love that he has a cross guard saber too. Oh yeah. Oh no. Stellan, Stellan I thought was really cool and very like proper regal Jedi, but he's also smart enough to kind of understand the troubles He's someone who's mastered his his emotions and troubles before. He's had a master himself who's died. And um, it's really cool how he keeps his master's he lightsaber. He keeps her saber, yeah. Um, um, he, it, I, I think Stellan is kind of the one, I, I feel like to me, is kind of the one who grounds a lot of the Jedi, like Elzar and, yeah. um, you know, all of these all these people and you know we see him in the beginning kind of showing off for the hollow network that was kind of that was kind of funny sparring match that they have yeah Yeah, i I love that um yeah he is a very kenobi like jedi i agree but he is very well affluent in the modern kind of talk especially with the republic i think you know obi-wan was someone who just kind of was able he obviously he's not the politics person stellan is and can be um as as we know towards the end yeah especially towards the end yeah um so uh kind of jumping back with bell and indira i want to talk about the innovator which is a big spaceship that is it's a science ship and when we first meet the innovator it's on the planet cycle or in a republic uh shipping yard to which they get attacked um Mm. by uh one of the nile you know uh, Tempest Runner leaders who I forget his name. He's kind of the main one. What was it? Pan Ida? Yes, that's it. Pan Ida. He's kind of the main one for this one. Um, whereas the last one was the other guy who Mark and Roe ends up getting killed in a battle and all that fun stuff. It's obviously kind of trickling down the line of how things are working and how yeah. um, the line is slowly diminishing to where Markian is just kind of the, the true power and ruler of the Nile. We say Markian's as playing the long game. Markian's very much playing the long game. And, and, and I, I've always Panida, liked that about him. And Panida is very much, he very much is, he's power hungry and he, uh, he reacts very emotionally and he's very react. Like what is the, what is the, what is the word I'm thinking of? Re react Tori something. He, he is very quick to react yeah. In, in a very emotional way. So if something makes him mad, boom, he he's, attacks he's that. on that, yeah. Yeah, um, he doesn't um, really, he doesn't really look at the consequences of what he does, and he doesn't really understand that, <laughs> he doesn't really understand the power Marchion has over him. He doesn't and, understand the importance in the game to it all. Now, granted, Markian's uh, kind of keeping it from him, but he doesn't even there's a scene much later on after kind of the initial attack of the Republic where he's like, let's keep going. Like, yes, yeah. let's, let's keep going. And uh, Markian's really the only one who's like, what? Like, no, like, no, 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 no. And I think um, um, I think Marchian says that because he knows that 
pan will inevitably yeah. do it anyway. Yeah, no, and, and I think it's funny that Lorna D helps him in that mm-hmm. uh, without telling Markian, even though they're both kind of on the same wavelength. And speaking of Lorna D, she is very much one of the only Nile that kind of has her has her stuff together. Uh, I think it's going to end with Lorna D and Markian being the last two people. You think so? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Lorna D is the one who kills Markian Rowe. Yeah, eventually. Just kind of eventually turns on him or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of... We're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves with that. So yep. we'll jump back. So we've obviously met Bell. We've met the Innovator, who it is the science ship that uh, holds uh, big science revolutionary discoveries. And the person who designed it itself... Um, is like this like technical genius and like there's like it's got like these bug people the cyclorians which Mm -hmm. you know come for the planet cyclor obviously but they're like bug scientists um who help design and engineer this ship this this giant ship so i also love that kevin tar is mentioned yeah and i i think we're gonna see more of him too in the next book because this the innovator or the inventor of the innovator dies Mm -hmm. uh in the attack on uh the republic but before we get to that i we want to talk about i want to talk a little more about kind of uh some other characters that have come in sure um we meet ty yorick in this yep. uh, book this is an introduction to ty who is a person who was part of the jedi order but left for their own reasons that we don't know yet or we will not know but <clears throat> became kind of her own lightsaber mercenary saber became, for hire yeah yeah literally um we meet her. We meet her doing a job where she ends up fighting a Drengear, and she, you know, successfully defeats it. And you know, you, we can see the power that she has. And she's very skilled in her way. But she is recruited um, by this woman named Mentessa Chackett, and it's kind of you're going to come with me and be my bodyguard. Um, and that's kind of all I want to talk about with that right there. That's kind of the only important scene until later on in the yeah, attack. Yeah, I think Ty the, really grew on me in this book. I agree. Um, it's really funny. Ty is the exact kind of character that I really like, would would want to play in like a Star Wars D&D. Mm. Is that saber for hire is, you know, someone who's broken off from the Jedi Order, but is still having that ability and that turmoil. Um, no, I really like Ty and I really... Uh, would like to know more about Ty and expand on Ty's character and mm-hmm. growth as a person. So, and I, I think we're going to uh, see that a little more. I think, I think the way that this ended is that Ty is not finished um, yeah. story-wise. So uh, proceeding with the plot, there's the attack on Cyclor to where they defend it in the attack on Cyclor though. Um, in the spaceships uh, they're in the Venators fight or not the Venators, the, uh, what are the starship, the Jedi starships? Um, vectors, the vectors. Vectors, yes, vectors. Um, Bell Zetifer gets uh, uh, really injured in this, uh, like a piece of debris or something. Yeah, like, he gets, like or it's like a, it's like a yeah, tar- like a harpoon something. But he gets pierced in the belly, in the, in the um, right in the abs. And it's actually really cool because the way he saved is that Indira used uh, his debris or debris from the battle to essentially plug up the holes mm-hmm. in bell's vector to have him fall back into orbit to where he was rescued yeah um and super this cool is, this is something that kevin scott does a lot in this book is he will put a character in danger or kind mm-hmm. of make us assume that they die and then cut it chapter ends yeah. next part of the story they did that a lot um did that with bell um they did it with elzar 
Yeah. Um, they did it a few a few times. They do it with Lena So a little bit. They, yeah, and they, they, uh, they do it whenever. Uh, I I don't want to jump too far ahead, but they um, at the end when we see Loden, there's a moment yeah, yeah, where yeah, that yeah. kind of happens. Um, but yeah, I I just wanted to mention that. I think that is something that also made me keep reading was all the times that every chapter left on a really big cliffhanger and yeah, then you, yeah, yeah. you were sucked in. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the introduction. And then, and then at this point, this is when we meet, uh, Stellan Gios and he, he is being accompanied by someone who works in a news station named real Dar Darrow Darrow. I think is how Dairo, you say it. Darrow. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. But she is a reporter who is asked by the chancellor to essentially document everything leading up and of the Republic fair that will be happening at this point, probably within the next few days. But in this scene specifically, we get this really cool Senate scene and it, it, it's kind of this dialogue story outcome that it, it's so we as the reader can understand what's been going on yeah. uh, galaxy wise and kind of the status of the Republic. And there's some concern. There's some, mm -hmm. um, some worry with, with Senator Tia Toon. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't have him much in this rundown, but I, a lot of the specific scenes that involve Tia Toon are in this. And I want to say, I really actually liked this character a lot. He grew on me a lot too. Yeah. You're like, Oh yeah. Some and annoying the, little joke. And, and by yeah. the end, you're like, you know what? He, he's he got good point. morals. Yeah, he he's got point. he's got good motivations. It's just well, he's a very abrasive he's the, person. He's the one who's essentially like, you know, because Lena so really wants to, you know, she wants the, everyone to love the Republic. She wants the Republic to be as transparent as possible. She just wants peace, baby. She just wants peace yeah, and love. Because, you know, she has this, you know, she has real and her droid kind of capturing every moment of the Republic. So she wants yeah. the Republic to be super transparent and she wants the Republic fair to kind of unite the galaxy. And there's this great moment where, you know, Lena so is going about like everything that's going to be great with the Republic fair and Tia Toon just cuts in. He's like, yeah, we've seen the posters, but what about the fact that the Nile are, have been attacking every day? on so many different yeah. systems. Yeah. And it, like the issue with the Drengear is still happening. Yeah, and it's and like, he's like, is it even a good idea to have this fair at all? Right. And, and Tia Toon's whole thing is that, so for starter off, he is from Sullust, right. which is the planet. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. um, so he, he, he really wants a defensive program. He feels the yep. Republic should have a defensive program that isn't just the Jedi. Because while the Jedi are protecting and helping, they are not solving the problems right away, especially yeah. with the Nile and the Drengir. And they can't now, be everywhere all at once either. Exactly. And at this point, too, the Republic thinks that the Nile is pretty much on its last legs. They think that the final battle at the end of light of the Jedi was the main forces of the Nile. When in reality, it was only like one third of mm -hmm. their forces. And now, and that's kind of how it inches on is that they're only showing a little bit. Um, it's only showing it a little bit of then. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of concern and worry for this. And, and the irony is that as they're talking about this, they're up, the shipyards are under attack. Yeah, yeah, cycle is happening, and they have no communication because they jammed yeah. all of the uh, comms. So yeah, yeah it, it's. It, I think it's really funny that this is like this constant thought, and of course, obviously, the Republic Fair is going to get attacked. But I think it's even funny how 
it even fools Stellan. Like mm-hmm. when they open Stel even Stellan's like, this is the might of the Republic. Like we're gonna pull this off and be able to do this and everything's everyone's like kind of great. pleasantly surprised that everything's yeah. going so well. Yeah, and you're just like, hi, yeah, I think it's so <laughs> funny. Um it kind of sets us up for being like, this is too good to be true. This so, is Yeah. So since kind of oh, I want to talk about too with um with the Republic is that Lena so really wants to use the fair to unite the Republic and the Torgrudas. Right. The Torgrudas. Um, at this point, uh, there's only like one or two Togruda Jedi. Um, they're very, um, one of which was Jorah Mali. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're very distant, very secluded, but they're able to hold of their own, that they control their entire system, uh, without Republic control. Yep. Um, so for the Republic Fair, Lena So invites the Togruta leader or the queen, which is uh, Regesa Elyarek, who is the Torgruta, Torgruta queen. And her bodyguard was one of my favorites in this character. I can't mm-hmm. the captain, but yeah. he was just so cool, so ruthless. Um, so that's kind of the, you know, intergalactic kind of plot going on with uh, Chancellor So, who uh, she and her party usually hangs out a lot with Stellan. So a lot of the stuff Stellan goes through, the Chancellor also goes through. And and uh, yeah, as we learn, Stellan kind of goes on to become the face of the Republic almost. Yeah, well, he is kind of the poster um, child. The, well, literally, they talk about him. Yeah. He is the poster child of the Jedi Order. Yeah. And kind of, you know, all of the propaganda they use for that, they use Stellan's face for it. It's Which a very, is why like, they were... It's a very Poe Dameron situation where it's mm-hmm. like, Poe Dameron's so pretty, he's the face of the Resistance. Um, yeah, so this has all been leading up talking for this Republic Fair and getting it to it. We're finally here. It's the opening of the Republic Fair and things set off pretty, pretty nice. Um, I love the description of how the Republic Fair is, of how it's yeah. essentially... It's kind of like Epcot, but if Epcot was different planets mm-hmm. to where essentially um, they're like different floating sky islands and each island is a represent representative of a, of a different planet and it, yeah, it shows different the wildlife and the culture and the look and it literally changes as you go to each one. Um, so it's super cool, super inclusive. It shows I want to see the, the visuals that Kevin Scott I, I've was seen imagining. Some kind I have of to, like yeah. artwork, but it, yeah, none of it shows. I want to see it in action. Just, I know, just oh, and like in the, in the chaos of of the Nile and like the yellow mm. smoke that they drop and yeah. the weird music and the yeah. Punk. So so we we get the Republic Fair, and before all hell breaks loose, there are. Um, there are like three important things that happen. The first is that Ty Yorick and Mantessa check it and they're at the Republic. They're on Valo at the Republic fair to where, like I said, you know, Ty is being the bodyguard to Mantessa and she brings, she's an inventor. Um, there's a brief little chapter on her book about how, um, Mantessa has a daughter who keeps her on the ship and the daughter's kind of socially weird or whatever. But, um, they uh, they have this invention and it it's not revealed until this scene specifically to where Mantessa is meeting none other the senator Tia Toon to talk about a defensive plan and this invention that she has that she has made and invented is a device that is able to shut off all energy uh, using things in like a, a specific radius. Um, Literally, it's like a jammer for anything that uses yeah. energy, which means blasters, including lightsabers. And lightsabers. It yeah. stops a lightsaber from working. Um, 
So the the catch to it though is that it emits just horrible radiation, just like just uh, an abundant amount of radiation mm-hmm. that it, it is literally its own nuclear bomb to work. Um, this scene is stopped uh, with the meeting stopped where you know. Stellan and Elzar and Bell kind of they hear what's going on and they come in and they have this fight and it, it the way it's we talked about these you know quick cutoff deaths of yeah Ty was about to kill Elzar and mm-hmm. then the device puts in and her lightsaber shuts out but it's like I remember that happening and I gasped and I was just like did they just kill Elzar like, I, I thought so too I was actually convinced for a small a little bit like a, a chapter bit, you're like oh I was like wait 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 they got my boy yeah yeah um, um, and then you you learn that the the invention thing whatever it's called does it have a name i don't remember i don't remember but it was it was activated just at the right time yeah um and that's when everyone's kind of like whoa 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 like and, and mentessa makes the point of she's like you wanted to get rid of the jedi and tia's like no i wanted a defense program i didn't want something that could yeah. fight anything including the jedi i want something that helps the republic and it's kind of where you learn that Tia's got a Tia's, point. Yeah, Tia is not this dirty. You you kind of expect him to be this slimy senator, and he isn't. Yeah, um, he is someone who has genuine morals and wants genuine change, but not in a dirty fighting way. Uh, he wants it he fair. Wants the best. So, he wants and that's the best. kind of his point with this with Mantessa is that he doesn't want the Republic's defense to be something that also stops the Jedi. He right. understands that the Jedi is an asset and a, and, a, and a helpful use to the Republic. He just thinks that the Republic itself needs something. He, um, he, he, the, the, just the, the defense forces, he wants them to just expand and organize. In all honesty, he wants the clone army, like yeah. not literally, but like, that's what he wants is an army. In a very figurative sense. Yeah. Um, so this scene ends with Mantessa and Ty being arrested and Man- and Ty's lightsaber being taken away by Elzar. Um, the that's kind of the big you know moment with that is that the Jedi learned that Ty Yorick is someone who was part of the order and is mm. a, a definite threat to someone who's you know lightsaber trained and not part of the order um, because the Sith isn't a big problem so the Jedi's don't really have a lot of lightsaber on lightsaber training yeah um, now <laughs> the other big thing that happens mm. is our boy Elzar cannot keep it in his pants this book well here's the thing when we first meet elzar in the prologue he talks about having this big emotional attachment with avar and we learn that you know it's when he first gets on um because i think kevin scott calls avar his avar when talking elzar thinking about avar and whenever he first gets on valo and all the ships are landing and everything he He's expects th- Avar yeah. to come down from the Starlight Beacon, and she's, as we learn, she's off taking care of the Dren gear and all that. And then we we get him meeting Samara. What was that? Was her that's name? her last name was Samara, but I don't remember. It's yeah. like she's it very starts much, with an R. She's yeah. um, referred to as Samara throughout the book. She is the uh, executive like planner for right. The Republic. She's like the she, coordinator. Yeah, she works directly under Lena So, and uh, yeah, yeah, is the coordinator exactly. Great yeah, place. and um, <laughs> they very much hit it off. Yeah, and they, we get they that, do not even try to hide it. Yeah. We get that for because they're they're really flirty off the bat, 
and then they get they have that first kiss that perfect first kiss under the fireworks yeah. everything seems good and then that dirty dog that dirty dog, dirty uh, dog. <laughs> they they do be uh they do be smushing their privates together so um, yeah and then so they wake up to uh something big chaos? something pretty yeah. big the world falling apart um yeah so and imagine hold on before you go forward imagine the how much elzar blames himself just from that elzar elzar goes through a lot in this book um, <laughs> pour one out for elzar <laughs> pour one out for elzar yeah no elzar goes through a lot and it yeah. really it really affects him but this was a big one this was yeah. one that i even i was like wow like you know we kind of saw this coming and this is really this book really is starting to show how all of the Jedi are cracking um, in their mm. own shape or form. They're all losing faith in some shape or form. And it's starting to lead to um, a very scared Republic. And we're starting to see how things are changing into the prequel era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's a very big move that happens. And, and Elzar really, really holds himself at a low point for this. And it doesn't help for what also happens during the attack. Um but that's kind of the last big thing. Now, through specific plot stuff, there's some stuff that breaks the gang up before the attack happens. Um, but when the attack happens, we follow those, we follow a specific set of people through the entire attack and kind of their right. points of view. Um, that's Stellan with the Chancellor and the kind of the royal party and all that. And, is, uh, the chancellor with her yeah she's got she's chancellor driving, and, she's driving her uh what, what did they call it i totally it was an r whatever that um the walker, the, or, the walker vehicle is what is i don't that? remember what it was called, the r, it's, I don't remember. it's like an open walker yeah, yeah it's kind of cool it's like a cruise walker um very so pretty we've got, cool we've got them we've got bell who is on the innovator which is now at the republic fair and uh is sinking it, 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 in the initial attack it is bombed and missiled and shot and attack and it's sinking and Bell's trying to rescue, um, he's trying to find and rescue uh, the Chancellor's son who, okay, you know, I want to talk about Kid this. Trip. Uh, shout out to Kevin Scott for giving us representation and and showing yes. very casually LGBTQ plus members. It did not feel very shoo-in at without all. Without making it feel weird or so forced smooth. or, or yeah, it's so smooth and it's characters that, um, you genuinely care for them and want them to kind of experience that. And they have kind of those, you know, yeah. Chancellor So son is, I won't say he is outright gay. He could very well be, you know. You sent me a different. really funny photo of the kid from, who was it? Horton Hears oh, a Who? from Horton Hears a Who. It's it's their son, Jojo. It's, yeah, it's Kid Tripso. Because he's this, this moody little emo kid the whole yeah. time. And, and then we got John, the mayor's son. Yeah, and it, it's so, it's very wholesome and it's very pure and it's just kind of like, they're they're both the sons of upper class people so they're people who aren't necessarily and political figures and political they're not used to normal day-to-day -day life but they find someone who they can click with and it's very nice and it's very pure and i'm so glad that it was able to be put in without making it be cringy or weird yeah you know? i was i was so worried that they were going to be like you know but it's it's literally as quick as like when when kidrup first sees jom it's like he's like oh i thought he was cute and you're like oh and then and then Kitra. further we, we meet with them further down the line and like i think kitra has to like stop john from falling down something and he has to like hold him and like yeah, kevin like, scott just sneaks in there like 
he, he loved the feeling of holding him against him for the first time. I was like, Ooh, that's yeah, nice. Feeling it. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it, I was so worried that it was going to be this cheesy, like, haha inclusion. Am I right, boys? Yeah. I, it, I was like so it, worried it was going to be like that. Rise of Skywalker. No, it's like, it's an actual relationship that kind of, it was great. No, they aren't main characters. And they, he um, didn't shy away from it either, which was good. Yeah, he yeah, really, it was dealt with perfectly, I think. Um, so there's also Indira Stokes, who she's part of the kind of the, the air battle that happens. And Elzar eventually joins that, but that happens more with its own little story. And um, yeah, There's also Elzar and then eventually Tyoric, which happens. And, and then Real and uh, Orbelin, which uh, I love Orbelin. one of my favorite parts. Of, I yeah, love of Orbelin of so, so much. So that's all of the like points of view. Let's kind of jump back and we'll go kind of down this list of talk about everything that happens in this. We'll start with Stellan and the Chancellor and um, the and Regesa and kind of that whole party. Um, this is very much the the tooth and nail fighting for their life. Um, they're running from any which way, any which way to find safety. Um, and we have the this yellow fog on top of everything. The Nile drops this toxic gas. It, it, it's playing like this loud music. Wreck punk. I like, want to hear wreck punk so I bad. I kind of picture it being like the dark trooper music. Mm, yeah, that, just that chaotic sounding. Um, but this really takes Stellan out for the count, man. It, mm-hmm. it really beats him down. And there are so many points in this where you don't think he can get up, and it yeah. just it adds on more and more. And you know, we talked about how gruesome this book is but this book does there are points in it to where it's not just gruesome but it's like gory Mm -hmm. it's like there are some violent parts in this book it like describes you know Stellan's face being all bloody and like how he can feel the blood coming down his throat Uh, and his eye is swollen shut and I'm like oh my god the dude the Nile dude who gets kicked in the jaw by Lorna D and breaks his jaw but then she pumps him up with all that like that it's like it's like his jaw is just flapping everywhere it's just like slack jaw Uh hanging and it's just like oh my god yeah no the whole book had moments like that especially the last very end but like just uh, unapologetically ruthless and yeah. just just uh, an adult novel. Like this is, I, I get I haven't read a lot of Star Wars books in general. It really gets into the truth of war. But this is a very adult yeah. book for sure. Yeah. Um, which I, I really love that we're getting into that kind of stuff. We're seeing that. Um, so with Stellan, they end up kind of leading themselves to, uh, it's like a party bus, but it's a walk. <laughs> and it... <laughs> You know, right? It's, I it's love like this, the party it's, bus analogy. It's like this like, party bus walker. Yeah, I love that. Open walls. They got and opera like, singers there, they too. They hide in the corners in order to feel safe from black fire. By but, the way, I do love the opera singer singer woman. Oh, yeah. she's uh, Isn't she? The Mon um, Calamari. Yeah, the Mon Calamari. And she's just this total diva. No, it's yeah. very funny. Um, yeah, man. And like uh, the Torgruda's captain that helps uh, him and, and Stellan, they're... they're combo and chemistry and combat is just so well that Stellan's able to work as this defense, whereas the captain's able to work as the offense, but then they can trade so easily and, mm-hmm. you know, team up and fight it. And um, kind of the big moment with Stellan besides the, the casual and the necessary chaos that happens is that um, Lorna D gets involved and she's got this big, like, like cosmic that she's got it's got you know laser ends to it and she fights kind of Stellan a little bit with it and um she ends up bringing down well she doesn't bring down the walker 
uh, Pen Ida, who is up overwatching the entire battle from his ship, um, he shoots a bomb down on the walker and it, it, it blows up the walker and a lot of mm-hmm. people don't walk away from it, but it ends with, you know, Stellan, a chance or so is injured from it. And there is a good point where I, I really genuinely thought they were going to kill Lena. So I thought that I thought I the thought she was, was out to end with her death. That yeah, would have been dark. Was, that would have been, been really dark. dark. That would have been such a weird, like, how do you move forward from that? But the yeah. scene of Stellan, like sobbing as he holds her, just like gets you. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. sitting on the battlefield. And it's like, even like the news outlet sees it. And like, they end up kind of, you know, seeing that the Jedi are, are being weakened by the Nile and the Nile are getting to the Jedi one way or another. And thankfully Lena, so ends up pulling through, but man, in that moment, you're just kind of like, Oh no, like this could go mm-hmm. really wrong. So that's kind of what happens with Stellan and that group through the entire attack. Now, We'll go down, the, go down the next one. We'll talk about Bell and the Innovator. And this ends up, um, this is, uh, the Innovator's drowning and he's trying to find uh, Kitripso and Jom. And uh, in the process, find some people that he helps escape. And this is, it's a really uh, kind of tense moment because, you know, mind you, Bell is disconnected from the Force. And there's like a guy trapped in the wreckage and Bell's trying to help him, but doesn't know how to help him without crushing this dude. It's just like, he's in a very, he's in a very emotionally conflicted spot at that point. He, he really struggles with this and it isn't until that it's essentially, he gets separated. He goes to off to find the boys and the boys end up fighting um, the people that, uh, bell saved and they end up finding their way on a ship that's in the innovator and trying to escape before but the doors are trapped and mm-hmm. it's this really cool sequence to where bell reconnects himself to the force and is able to essentially open the doors the, the bay shuttle doors of the innovator and open them for the ship to escape and then while it's escaping and water is flooding in he hangs on to the outside of the ship as it takes off through the water yeah. and escapes to safety and I remember it like thinking, oh, they just killed Bell too. Like Bell just drowned on the innovator. Um, but he doesn't. He pulls through and it, it's really a really cool moment of Bell, you know, reconnecting himself with the force and I'm so proud of him. So I'm so proud of Bell. I just, <laughs> he doesn't deserve any of this. Um, <sighs> so that's kind of the fun stuff with Bell. They get to safety and it's all cool, but he refines himself in the force. Um, they kind of, yeah, they, they, at once they kind of, he gets them safe and everything. It kind of stays away from Bell for a big chunk of the book. We don't yeah, really hear from just, him. It just kind of turns into like Bell just starts saving people, just roaming through the streets, saving people and whatever. But um, yeah, he doesn't become kind of an important point again until um, the end. And while I'll say that I think this book did a good job with what it did with Bell, I wouldn't, I would, would have wanted a little more of Bell just to make that ending hit even yeah. harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that it wasn't, uh, it, it was, it wasn't enough that I was like, Oh, there's barely any Bell in this. There's a good amount of Bell that I think it, it is able to explain his stuff in the time. Um, so, and, and now, you know, obviously speaking of Belle, we'll move on to Indira and she is in her vector ship for the majority of this battle. And we kind of get the, the sky dog fight part of this. Um, it's really cool because while it is kind of just a, like a starship fight, it ends up being to where essentially a bunch of people are like falling and like crashing and like in danger. 
And they save them through essentially all the Jedi connecting to themselves and working as literally a wing of birds. You know, well, let's talk about let's talk about the entrance of all of the Jedi coming in. Um, whenever, oh yeah, we'll get this to this in a second. But when real is, she's basically like about to die. Essentially, like she's yeah. in a lot of pain, and she somehow hacks the comms and gets is able to send a communication out to the galaxy somewhere saying that the Republic fair is under attack. We need assistance. Right. And you know, 10 minutes later we get a, a call over the comms and it's all of the Jedi. It's at the all fair. of the Jedi. Well, yes. Yeah. And, and we get, you know, um, what is her name from test of courage? Um, oh, it's Stellan's uh, apprentice. I know. You're yeah. About, uh, uh, Vernestra uh, Rowe, Vernestra Rowe. Yeah. Um, her and they're like, is Yoda here? They're like, uh, Yoda couldn't make it. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved that moment so much. All the Jedi popping up. Yeah, no, it's a really cool. It's a really cool scene. It was like, a really we great get, come to Jesus we, moment. We get appearances from like Porter Angle or Por- Por- Porter Angle. Porter, 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 That's Porter Angle. Who you know? Funny enough, I, I don't think I've ever seen artwork of Porter Angle until Finally after Rising, Rising Storm. Yeah. I, I guess I never realized he was human. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. But he's like, a crookie. But like he looks human, you know? He has a like, human stature, yeah. He's got a human stature. I guess I always assumed him as being like a very noticeable alien. Like He's like just very almost, pale and big. Yeah. Um Yeah, it was I didn't expect that. So but no. And speaking Porter of Ang- um Porter Angle just straight up riding on a vector. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. In this in this sequence he loses his vector and that was cool. ends up just riding on Indira's for the majority of it. Um no, yeah, it's really cool because they end up like catching a bunch of people, and one of those people is a Nile, and it ends up kind of breaking the formation, and it, it's this kind of you know intense little section. But they end up getting help from Elzar and Ty, to which we will now move us to the next part yeah. of this, which is Elzar and Ty's. And this starts out they're separated. Um, Elzar obviously wakes up from doing the nasty. And he, obviously the world's on fire. The whole place is under attack. So he kind of jumps into the party pretty late. And don't chomp at me, dog. I'm talking. Um, he uh, he jumps in. He's, you know, fighting off Nile or whatever. And he runs into Ty, who's trying to escape um, mm-hmm. the, the fair and the attack in general. And <laughs> She's they, immediately like, give me my lightsaber. Well, give me really, my it's lightsaber. It's really funny because she's in jail and she's like, I got to find a way to get out of this and the Nile break in and they're like, oh, we'll just kill everybody. And there's some like Padawan in there who like got lost from his party or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like freaking out. But she uses the emotion of the Padawan to essentially help break them out of prison. Yep. Um, and I thought that was a really creative way, but you're kind of like, hmm, wow, Ty, that's kind of kind of kind of dirty of you to make a yeah. boy use his dark feelings when you know yourself what they can do. Um. No, but that's almost immediately turned around to when she runs into Elzar. She's like, give me my lightsaber. Um, And they decide to run off. And Elzar gives her the lightsaber. And he's like, help me. Like, I need you to help me. I'm in a really dark place. Wait, has Elzar done the whole thing yet? He did the thing. So, okay. So let's kind of get to that first. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I kind of forgot when they they were. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot happening in this book. Elzar's in the chaos. He's fighting everything. And he kind of has this moment of like of darkness. He, he's like, I, I feel like this is all my fault. I should have saw this coming. This whole book, he's been really preparing himself because he's been so terrified of this vision coming through of all of his people, true of all of his friends and people dying. And it's like, it's happening. And in that moment, he embraces the dark side 
and he uses it to essentially just like he rips down an island from the sky. Yeah, he he <laughs> just like pulls one down himself and drops it on the on the place, and you're just like, whoa! Excuse just, me, sir. Just, whoa! And it's it's just this like defining moment that even Elzar recognizes that it's just like he's in very very dangerous yeah, territory well, if he keeps playing like. He's immediately like, okay, no, yeah, I need help. I need help really bad. Uh, that was bad. I should not have done that. I need I need to go meditate and get help from my Jedi friends because yeah, I'm in a really dark place. But, but he can't, obviously. He can't. Yeah. Um, um, so he ends up going to Ty. And, or Ty finds him and he gives him the lightsaber and he's like, I need you to help me. Like, I'm not able to do this by myself. And she initially is like, no. Um. So she leaves and she takes Mantessa with her. And it's like literally five minutes later, Elzar finds Mantessa being eaten by uh, like a giant like like tiger monster thing. Yeah, uh, it's um, like those. Um, it, it was part of the zoo that was part of. The yeah, Republic the big Fair. like animal showcase, like the creature showcase of the Republic Fair. And like there was all these really dangerous animals like. Yeah, it was all like super predators. high security. It was only predators. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but before we like get much further, where do you think, because with Elzar being kind of this conflicted, what do you think about, you know, where his mind is going to take him going forward? Um, Just while we're on the subject. So I think with how the book ends and Elzar going to Stellan, I think that's going to help him a lot. Um, so I because think Stellan's essentially like, yeah, let's go to Jeddah and meditate a little bit, man. This yeah, is, this Stellan's kind of like, we'll be fine. Like, we'll get through this. And I, I, I wonder if the book will start with the next book will start with uh, Elzar being like, oh, I'm prepared for it. And then something happens. Now, I almost wonder if he will be the only one who can overcome the leveler because he's embraced the dark side mm. Ooh. and that, and that he is going to be the one who saves everybody, which almost means it might be a sacrifice is that Elzar may not. I'm wondering if Elzar is going to be the reason why they're so by the prequel time, yeah. they're so pent up on, you know, no attachments, yeah. no loving anything it, like that. It destroys be Elzar in because, some shape or form because in this era, we kind of learned that Jedi are allowed to, you know, they're allowed to have attachments. They're allowed to be compassionate. They just can't let that destroy their focus on the bigger picture. And, you know, the, the council kind of trusts that, you know, Jedi will do the right thing. And there has to be something that to break that trust to make them so strict about it by the prequels. Yeah. Um, especially with, you know, they go from, yeah, you can have all these attachments. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you know, have this compassion for people, but do not let that cloud your focus of the, and, and, with, with the force. And with and, the prequels, it's absolutely no attachments. You are a servant of the force. You are a servant of the Republic. Yeah. And that is that. So I wonder some, something's got to bridge that gap there that turns the Jedi into what we see them. Um, and I think Elza does a really good job at understanding that even though he has slipped up, he knows he slipped up. He's I like not, to think that he's if if Anakin was a Jedi in the High Republic. Yeah, well, and it's not he's not justifying it like Anakin is. 
Anakin. Well, he doesn't need to justify it like Anakin does. That's, that's true. Yeah, that is very true. Yep. Um, um, yeah, so um, he, this monster zoo thing, uh, he, he kills and eats Mantessa. Um, and Elzar tries to like connect with it and like, you know, not have to kill it. And it doesn't work, obviously, mm. at all. And the thing like pounces on him and starts attacking him. And Ty comes back and saves him. And she's like, all right, I'll help you. Um, so the way that they help is that they literally kind of uh, join bond, hands they and bond themselves together. They connect each other with the force and they, they each kind of learn a little bit about each other. That really kind of opens themselves up and Ty's really hesitant to it. And Elzar's like, we can do it. But he also is hesitant of his own strength. And, um, well, and he's they, like, all right, it's it's a two way road here. You got to show me yeah. something. I like, I, you yeah. show me mine, I'll show you. you yeah, no, no, I show you mine, you show me yours, kind of thing. Um, and what they do is essentially they connect and they bond with these like lizard flying bird dragon things. things. Dragon things. They're called snables. And, yeah. Um, they bond with two of them to where literally they use them uh, to ride. Yeah, and they they get involved in the space fight or in the like sky fight, the air, aerial fight, the of... aerial fight. Yeah, and they help out with that. It's it's so cool because they're like picking ships like Nile ships apart. They're just straight uh, up eating the Nile uh, ships. Let's talk about how there's the the two Nile ships that are chasing Burry and Elzar. Mm-hmm solves this by literally boomeranging his lightsaber <laughs> yeah. to go through the one ship and that have was a that very, ship then crash into the other one. That was a very battlefront moment. Oh, it was so cool. It was just so cool. And I, I love the stuff that like they all just pull something out of them like that and you're just like, oh, like that's killer. I was like, if if um if they kill Burry, I am actually gonna stop reading this book. I was yeah, me so too. Un- like, anxious oh, that they were gonna I kill Burry. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk finally about the last little point of view from yep. this attack. And this is a uh, real Dairo and Orba Lin, who is the, um, he's the archivist for the Jedi, for the Jedi order. Uh, he's not necessarily like a full on Jedi, but he's like, he's trained, he's sports sensitive. He's and he's essentially slime in a human suit. <laughs> yeah, literally. No, it's a good time. So they, uh, they team up to go to the um the communication center and, and try to get something to output itself um orbalin ends up in this kind of fight with this nile person and uh oh it's real... lorna d isn't it pretty sure is it is it I'm, lorna d i thought I'm it was sure no, Orbelin... it's, it's someone else because oh, he no, ends no, no, up getting the, her um... by breaking out of the suit and like crushing her yeah because hey, this is kind of jumping ahead but whenever he essentially straight up throws lorna d through the ceiling Oh, do you, do you remember that? Yeah, he like he breaks out and like pushes her. Does he push her through the ceiling? I guess he, I didn't realize he essentially he throws her through the ceiling and she lands. I thought it was some like, like lackey that he crushes against the ceiling. And that's oh no, he literally tosses her through the ceiling. He tosses her out of the um, building. Oh, okay. I but I that. also love the, the reason I love Orbelin is because we know all of these Jedi see the Force in different ways. Like we got, you know, the, the fire, the water, the some some see it as a song, things like that. And I love that Orbelin sees the Force as like a history lesson. 
Yeah, because <laughs> like, he like teaches like while he's doing. I it. smiled from ear to ear when he was like, "Well, I might as well teach you a lesson." Yeah. and he starts talking about all like the artifacts and stuff they have around, and while he's just a wrecking like, shot against the Nile. It's so good. I was um, I was smiling so big when I was reading that. No, it's a very fun sequence, but. Obviously, they they end up getting the communication out, and it at the end of the entire attack, um, she like she gets the communication out, and then it's like this news sequence, like the news mm-hmm. from Coruscant reach her, and they do this interview in it. And while they're watching the interview, while they're doing the interview, they're doing the uh, they're like showing images of the attack and it's yeah. like, it's just so overwhelming to her. And it's just like the heartbreak and ang- and like the, the uh, just the horribleness that happened on, on this day and, and just everything very, that happened. It's so eerie because she's there. The anchor is asking such like interviewer, like questions like, ah, uh, yes, the Jedi, do you know the Jedi? What are their names? Um, can we see a Jedi? And they're like talking yeah. about all of this truth, these, this trivial stuff while there's actual just, madness and there's death there's things going on here that are a little more important than the names of the jedi and that helps she kind of realizes that you know the jedi are the reason why this entire fair hasn't been blown up yeah um if they're kind of yeah I, i don't know um and then it's kind of really eerie that as that as as that is happening as they are broadcasting the live events from the fair that's when the bomb goes off and like um, they the the live feed sees stellan holding holding lena so and sobbing over her body and um so yeah that's the very crazy like attack of the republic um it jumps around a lot like it does it's, jump around a lot. it's it, that this is the section where i got kind of I kind of had to go back a little bit and figure out, okay, what was happening here again? I, I totally missed right. everything. And right. it's very, it, it's very overwhelming sometimes. Um, so the attack ends. There's uh, what, what saves them is that because the man, the mass communication gets out, the closest people to help are the Togrudas and the Togruta army literally comes in, stops them. The Nile end up escaping and leaving. They're like, yeah, screw this. I don't want to be involved in this. They're outnumbered um, at that point. Yeah. They get the, uh, Torgruta, Torgruta queen off and then bail. But by that time, the Republic's there, but once they get the queen safe, they bail. They're all, yeah. um, um, so in the little aftermath part before it gets to this last like section, this last little battle piece, there's this little in between and, and in it, um, they capture a Nile and they capture a Nile and he's like this bug guy. He's just, yeah, some dude, um, trying to think everything that happened everyone kind of catches up with each other make sure everything's good there's a little bit of a lull before we get back into the ending action and it, essentially in it it's that ty finds mantessa has a daughter right and it, it's eventually revealed that the daughter is actually the uh inventor of everything it's that yeah. it was all her ideas and mantessa took the the um uh spotlight for it but the daughter reveals to Ty that while the machine was destroyed and it is in Republic hands, the design plans for it were taken by the Nile. They raided mm. their ship and were taken by the Nile. Um, well, because they're, they, they're, 
they're on um some kind of transport and they're like oh crap man this <laughs> this ship was raided wasn't it yeah and they yeah, kind and of come to a realization like, that the nile has some very dangerous information have, have the plans to this very dangerous uh machine that can work yeah it's like um, a big a big realization and it's kind of oh Oops. So the Jedi end up forming this plan to essentially trick this dude that they have in prisoner to kind of escape on his own, but it's not really so they can escape. track him. It's, it, they, they track him, but instead of like tracking him with a tracking beacon, they leave Bell and Indira on the ship the guy mm-hmm. takes. They like plan it to where he takes the specific ship, and it's a great guy, piece of writing. Yeah, it's, it's so a great good. little trick that they do, and I love how like you, you like in it, like the way they do it, it's like Elzar gets really angry and like starts force choking this guy. For a like, second there, I was like, whoa, like, whoa, 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 you're like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And then the dude leaves, and he's just like, you think it worked? <laughs> you're like, <laughs> just oh, like, no. uh, do you think I went far enough? Should I have gone farther? I'm not really sure. Um. So they leave, they, they, they track this dude to where the Nile have been hanging out, which is on the planet Grizzle. And it's kind of just kind of like a basic cliffside, like forest planet. Um, but it's where the Nile have been hanging out this whole yeah. book. Um, because their, their last base was found and taken and wasn't suitable. So, um, they trace it and it ends up being to where the the people at the area are Bell and Dira. Um, does Ty, Ty show up? Does Ty York show up? I Because Elzar shows up. I think Elzar and Ty show up together and then Stellan shows yeah. up with like a Republic fleet. Yep. Um, and as this happens, the battle progresses more and more. But in this final moment, it is it is shown that Loden Greatstorm, who has been held uh, captive and prisoner on um, uh, Marky and Rose ship, he breaks free. He's able to break out of this torture chamber and he does it solely off of the connection that he feels Bell is there. He he, he mm-hmm. feels Bell's presence there and Bell feels his, his presence and they start kind of going to each other and... It's this really awesome sequence where they kind of, you know, they meet up and while they're meeting up, they're in the midst of this fight of the Nile and Markian and they end up kind of, they, uh, Markian knocks Loden off of the ship to where the ship's already like suspended in the air. So as Loden's falling, Bell's the one who catches him in the force. Um, well, and that's there's still a little bit of a fake out for a second there. Um, well, yeah, cause because- Loden's. He's like so weak. Well, first we see him and he's coming out of this, this trance that he's been under essentially for so long. And then he, he kind of forms this bond with utter sound like the, the Chadra fan. I didn't really understand that whole Chadra fan thing. Um, but he's like the torture doctor. Yeah, essentially. Um, and then he's he like, here's this voice in his head that like, yeah. He thinks it's a voice in his head, but essentially ends up being this this it's, other prisoner. Well, I think it's Maria Santeca. Is it? You think? I so? think that's who he encounters. It's Maria Santeca who's strapped up to everything. Oh, and he's you like, know what? Yeah. And he's like, "Let me get you out of here." And she's like, "No, like, no, Loden, you're all good. Like, you do your own thing." Um, yeah, um, and he ends also, up leaving her. It's also kind of dark that. Um, Loden's Leku have been amputated. So he just got Are little both nubs of them or it's just one of them? Oh no, he's got two nubs on his head. Them. That's horrible. So that's 
it's kind of and he looks so brittle and frail very much not loden from the from light of the jedi yeah he's um, just super emaciated and skinny and yeah and i just, just i love this is like the 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 moment in the move in the if this was a movie this is the moment the audience stands up and cheers is whenever cheering. whenever he Loden throws that guy through the glass yeah. in, in the middle of Martian's kind of spiel. And he, <laughs> it's just, so good. Just tackles him, just starts it's fighting so him. So good. Yeah. It's so good. No, it's really cool. And like the reunion of Bell and Loden's really nice. And like Loden gets his lightsaber back. And um in the chaos of all of the Nile, the the Jedi and the Republic are pretty much winning this fight. They're wiping yeah. out the rest of the Nile. And um, there's a really cool scene where it's it's kind of reminiscent of the Clone Wars finale where um, it, it, it's it's Loden and Lorna D's trying to escape and uh, she's flying off in the ship and Loden and Bell stop her. They're like holding her back with the force. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really cool scene, too. And, and he's trying and to escape while this starts to happen. Marky and Roe decides it's time for the great level or that's what they call it. And these are the two artifacts from the very beginning of the book the that we followed all guys. of Udidis and kind of the strength of this force. And he he clicks these two artifacts together and it unleashes this like beast thing creature thing that i don't think people can see it i think it's only in the force yeah Um, but it it causes elzar to have another vision and he crashes his ship and like he almost doesn't make it out of that as well but that's like the third time they almost kill elzar in this um he crashes his ship and ty is the one who saves him and they kind of pull out and as all of the other jedi are pulling in what happens they discover is that this great leveler has um it it, it it possesses bell and it it's kind of like the uh the empty space from get out mm. it like shoots him into this like void and he's just lost his connection to the force and he all he feels all, is just all, all he can do is scream pain and ho- yeah horror and it literally turns him into this screaming crying mess but what it does to Loden is it literally petrifies it him. It literally turns him to stone. Um, and when when Stellan comes up, he it, it says how he brushes his cheek and Ste- and Loden just like d- fades away. He into just dust. he just he withers away. away. Yeah. Um, and that's like that's the end. Like the last line in the book is for for the first time in his life, Stellan Gios was truly afraid, and that is that is the end of the book. And um, I think that's also the first time the Jedi themselves are truly are afraid, truly afraid. No, because it I is. think a big jumping off point for the higher public, like just starting off. I think the big question, a lot of them were asking a lot of the writers were asking is what scares the Jedi? Yeah. And I think we've, I think they have met their fear. Yeah. I um, agree. And, what do you think that the, what do you think is going to happen to bell are we going to see are, are we even going to see bell again i think we'll see bell again i think um i think for the next book bell will be probably out of the game for most of it i think their plan is to try and figure out how to fix bell and that's how they kind of end up learning what everything is um 
this book kind of ends with the end of the Nile. The Nile is really kind of obliterated. And, and it's even said this is that's kind of why Markian decides to unleash the levelers, that he's officially lost the Nile. They are just remnants now. Um, so he has to open up his new weapon, which is this great leveler that he has against the Jedi. And once he discovers that they also have the technology to stop their lightsabers, the Jedi are going to be vulnerable both physically and mentally. Um, yeah. And it's really, I think that's kind of the realization everyone kind of understands is that they actually have an advantage against them and this footing up against them. And they don't know how to defend against it. Yeah, they have it no idea just, how to stop it. Because right now we're kind of in this position. Markian has this big power that he can basically overtake any Jedi. Yeah. Lorna D is kind of escaping on her own. Panida is kind of off escaping on his own. So the big three of the Nile are all separated and off on their own venture, yeah. essentially. And the Jedi are kind of stuck in this, well, crap, what do we do now? Right. Because I don't know how they go forward with this. Right. What They're they going to have to be the ones to take a step back and regroup and figure out how they can come together as a, as a team. Which to do I this. think this next half of this phase is going to be dark. But the problem is, too, is that a lot of the Jedis that need to be coming together and need to be the strongest for this are not. Or are very conflicted and broken in their own sense of themselves. And it's going to be a dark. very vulnerable and dangerous we're gonna be, time. We're going to see a lot of Jedi lose themselves in this confusion of what do we do? Yeah. And it's going to yeah. be kind of I, this chaotic. I like, agree. Uh, too much to handle for the Jedi at this point because they haven't fa- they've never had to face anything like this before besides maybe the Sith which was what which thousands was before of years their time. ago yeah, yeah they don't have any experience with that so um, so yeah so just just a crazy little ending that you just you don't expect to leave off on a footnote like that that you're just kind of left just just shocked and just yeah. absolutely just st- starstruck and just you can't even process I, it all. I immediately texted you and said that I'm very upset and I'm very unwell. And then I kind of said, this is very much the Empire Strikes Back of yeah. the High Republic. Yeah, it, 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 you think it's going to be most of the High Republic has done a really good job at being kind of this righteous sense of like the Jedi are going to pull through no matter what. But it's just like the, the Jedi were just beat down and kicked and spit on in this book and it's just like no no mercy whatsoever so and right when you think they won uh something very tragic happens from everything happens yeah yeah um so yeah that's that is the the beat by beat kind of talk and review of uh kevin scott's the rising storm um we kind of just talked about our thoughts moving forward. So we know that the next book will come out um, next year. 2022 is going to be a very big year, Star Wars wise. I don't want to wait that long to see what happens next. <laughs> it's less than six months till the year I starts. I guess but we really only had to wait. Uh, we waited about seven months for this book. Yeah. No, we waited yeah, about it it was six months. No, it was six months. Um, so as our final little piece of this, we're going to do kind of what we did with the first book review, but this is going to be something we'll also probably do with all of our Imperial book clubs, but it's our fan cast. We're going to talk about our fan cast. Um, I don't remember who we cast as our first round. Yeah. I think it was a much different time. Yeah. Look, see if I can find it on my notes. I will say, uh, I don't know if he's my old cast, but an updated cast for Elzar Man, I think, would be uh, Zachary Levi. I oh think yeah, he'd be I, really good. I I actually have him for Elzar Man as well. Oh, I do have it. 
Oh, I have Rami Malik as my Elzar man. No, I change it to Zachary Levi. That's pretty good, though. Um, yeah, see, I only have a few. I still hold Corbin Blue as my cast for Bell. Corbin Blue. Um, and deny Guria. I think maybe Sturbs. 2006 Corbin Blue, but I think Corbin Blue currently is a little... He's a little too old, I agree. He's in his um, 30s now. Um, I don't know. He he might be able to pull off a, like a young 20s Bell. Yeah, I think he could pull it off because Bell's supposed to be a little older too. Like, yeah, he's like a do the, he's like almost a knight. Yeah, yeah, he he should be a knight at this point. Um, I, I like that they refer to him a lot as the Padawan. Yeah, yeah. Um, which he kind of holds himself at that standard, and it really kind of it's something that I think kind of brings him down with. Uh, and I'm going to keep the theme going here with High School Musical. I think for Stellan Geos, I think a nice Zac Efron would be awesome. He's got the pretty face. If Zac Efron was like 10 years older. I know. I, but I, I think, would say, I think yeah. if, if you bearded him up and you kind yeah, of made, made probably, him look a little more grisly, I think he could do it. He could probably pull it off. Um, I think, uh, oh God, what's his name? Um, hold on. I'm going to find out. I'm going to get an answer in just a second. Uh, Billy Crudup would have been, would be a good mm. uh, Stellan Gios. I think he would kind of hold that that Jedi sense. Um, um, I, like, I sent you. Um, sorry, I, I kind of want to recast Marchian Rowe yeah, because yeah. I had I, I sent you a really good idea for Marchian Rowe, and you were like, "Whoa, hold up!" And that is Jack Rayner. If you don't know, oh, him, he's the guy oh, from Midsummer. Yeah. Um, he he would encapsulate the whole calculate almost the I, I i'm comparing him to kylo ren but he's not quite as angsty as kylo ren but he would no. encapsulate the fury that marchian row goes through especially in this book yeah um yeah absolutely i agree with that um, and I, i'm i'm holding that um <laughs> i think that uh lord lawrence fishburne would be a really cool porter angle Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. He'd make a good Loden Great Storm too. I think he's a little big for Loden. Yeah, I agree he's a little big for Loden, but I still I, I think he would be able to kind of hold I'm still that going role. Daniel Craig for Loden. Um I think Jamie Lee Curtis would be a really good Lena So. Ooh. <laughs> I like yeah. that. I think she'd I like be really that. good for Lena So. Um I have so many damn characters in this. What about Kitrip? What about Kitrip? <laughs> I don't know, some emo boy that looks like the kid from Horton I'm going to say Will, Will Poulter. The eyebrows oh, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, would, be, uh, that would be a good cast. Mm-hmm. Or um, uh, um, they're much older now. I was going to say some of the kids from Stranger Things, but uh, oh, no, maybe yeah. able to. Uh, like a maybe Finn like, Wolfhard? Finn Wolfhard would have been good as Kitrup, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, going through everyone, man. Uh, what about like Lorna D and Panida? Who would you? You know who would, you... would be a great Lorna D? Florence oh. Pugh. Oh, that's a direction I didn't expect, but I mm-hmm. also like. Yeah, I dig or like that. a Scarlett Johansson. I- I'm thinking yeah. Black Widow, like someone with a lot of physicality and has the chops to play like the, I, the relatable. Pretty- I picture Lorna D a lot as the Twi'lek from the episode of The Mandalorian, the the mm. prison break one. That's kind of yeah, how said I that picture. Before. Yeah, is that it's that that like slimy, slippery, and like like 
aggressive but very smart about it no mm. like has the whole thing planned before she makes the cut for the throw oh now i'm, I'm every time i read <clears throat> these books i'm gonna be thinking i'm gonna be imagining jamie lee curtis as lena so it's a good cast isn't it's it that's so how good. i pictured her for this book was it is it was, so was jamie good lee curtis um yeah and I have another question and we can kind of go away from the casting here. I heard this on a podcast. so I just want to ask it for us just in case we know if you were a member of the Republic and you were at the Republic fair, which Jedi would you want defending you? Probably Stellan. You think so? I'm going to go Indira. I would. Yeah, I would say Bell or Stellan because Stellan, while gets his, 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 his butt rocked a couple times, um, he he stands up every fight and he keeps holding it till he literally can't. I think if Bell was knighted and he had the experience under him, I would be comfortable with that. But I think Lena is the most balanced, the most pure Jedi that we have in the higher Republic. You mean uh, Indira? Who did I say? Lena? Lena. I didn't yeah. mean to say that. I meant, um, I meant Indira. But no, I agree with you. You're right. She's someone who's able to keep, who kept her head on the entire attack. And was Especially dealing with, keep- with Bell's kind of confusion and trouble and, yeah, and his trouble and she deals with it so gracefully i, I love the way that she yeah. just the way that she is i do i love her i agree oh oh you're making me yawn don't do that i'm so sorry but you know what i think we are at the end of our episode um Boo. do you have anything else you want to talk about um i don't think so um yeah i just i'm looking forward to I just I I'm so in love with these adult novels for the higher public. Um, yeah, I just good. am so excited for Claudia Gray's rendition of the oh, story. It's gonna be so good. It's it's, it's gotta be. If it's, it's not, that I'm gonna cry. But for her to do the fur the the end of phase one will be that woman does not miss. Yeah, no, without a doubt. So um, that's all I had. I'm I'm very happy with this book. I'm excited to see where it goes. In the yeah, future. so closing thoughts I'll say overall, big, big props to Captain Scott. Just absolute wow, you know, throwing us into this into this book and taking us on this journey and this story. Um, how dare you, sir? How uh, dare how dare you? Um no, I, and I and big props and shout outs to the entire High Republic author team, mm-hmm. just everybody who's working there. That you guys are just you guys are pulling magic out and you you really are changing a lot of the you're making some really incredible stories and they're so, making star wars fresh fresh just so fresh so incredibly wowed and amazed by that yep. so big shout out to you guys like you'll ever listen to this but um for those of you who have listened to this thank you very much for checking us out this has been the very first episode of our brand new book club show Yay. imperial book club we're probably going to try and do this once a month and pick our books that we have and we've got a couple that we have lined up but if you guys want to hear something from us kind of hit us up let us know if you want to hear a book review from us that we'll add on to our book list that we can go through and it does not um, have to be canon if you want us to it does not have to be some canon of the, yeah. some of the legend stuff any we'll comics probably, you want to we'll probably talk about some of the old legend stuff some specific books yep. that are kind of famous and out there maybe, um, maybe maybe one month we'll dive into the Thrawn trilogy who knows yeah, anything goes yeah. uh, anything I, goes. I think too we could also do some of the old comics uh, Dark Empire just turned 30 mm, yeah. uh, last week and apparently uh, a digital copy is really cheap to get so man you're can, burpy tonight I am out of heartburn medicine so I've Ooh. been fighting my chest this whole time 
Um, yeah, it's a good time. So, uh, other than that, you can follow us on our regular. Uh, we have a normal, you know, news show that we do that we drop once a week. Um, highly recommend. It's a good time. We talk about and chat Star Wars. It's not um, just news either. We just kind of, you know, mess around, discuss, having a good yeah, time talking about have Star a good Wars. Time. Um, you can follow us and find us on Instagram, which is uh, at through Imperialized Pod. Uh, our Twitter is at Imperial I or Imperialized Pod. Um, and our YouTube is, you can just look us up for Through Imperialized. I was also wrong on our Instagram. It's at Through Imperialized Pod, not at Imperialized Pod. That's just the Twitter. Um, you know, check me out on, on Twitter. Uh, my socials are, my Twitter is at Quacks and Scaling. That's Q-U-A-C-K-S-O-N and Scaling Like the Triangle. And then my photography Instagram is uh, at Deline Photography, uh, Deline underscore photography, which is D-A-L-E-E-N underscore photography. Brayden, what about you? What are your socials? As always, you can find me on the Instagrams at Brayden Ledbetter and on Twits. You can always find me at Brayathlon and then for the letterbox, see what I'm watching, see what I'm reviewing. You can check me out at B Ledbetter. Follow me on there. And that is all I got. Well, cool. Uh, thank you again for checking this out. Leave a, leave a like, leave a review. You know, tell us that you want to subscribe. I don't know. Just don't do something. Do whatever you want. You know. Um, but thank you again for hanging out. We hope to see you next time we have our Imperial book, and we hope to see you on our other shows like our Batch Report, which comes out um, usually the weekends that Bad Batch is happening, which won't happen much sooner because yeah, that season's ending. But the time we're recording this next week is our last Bad Batch. Our last so. Bad Batch. But listen to those other ones. Listen, to, you know, go back into the show and listen to us talk about it, and yep. just check us out on our new shows. But until then, may the force be with you always. <laughs>